Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in our Sermon on the Mount series with Matthew 5, 33-37. Jesus continues to address misconceptions about the Old Testament law. He's already showed us that the same sin that produces murder lies in all our hearts as sinful anger, and that committing adultery stems from the same sinful lust that resides in all of our hearts. And that wrongful divorce, which they were in the habit of practicing, also amounted to adultery. So what's next? Jesus points back to Leviticus 19.12, where God said, Do not swear by my name falsely. Now, if we've learned anything in the last few weeks, we know that Jesus is pointing out that they are guilty of this, even though they didn't think that they were. We can also expect that this has something to say to us today as well. Our hearts are so deceptive that they tell us we aren't sinning even when we are. That's the lesson in Jeremiah 17:9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? You might ask, why am I preaching? Well, because Pastor Jim made the mistake of preaching a shorter sermon that affords me the opportunity to do so, but I'll turn it over to him now. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Yes or No. Now here's what was going on. You can take a statement and change the emphasis, and if you do it skillfully, you can make up a completely different meaning in many instances. And here's what the Pharisees were doing with God's Word on this subject of integrity, truth-speaking, promises, vows, oaths, covenants, all of that. Consider those three scriptures that were amalgamated into what we read in verses 34 through 36. If you go back to Leviticus 19.12... Here's God's intended emphasis on that. You shall not swear falsely by my name. The meaning? Keep your word. Honor your promises. I know every word that comes out of your mouth, and I know the intention of your heart behind it. So if you make a promise, keep it. That's what God meant. Leviticus 19.12, in the Pharisees' emphasis, you shall not swear falsely by my name, In other words, you can swear falsely in anything else you want. Long as you don't mention my name, you have, well, King's X. Doesn't matter what you do. You're only bound when you swear by God's name. Or move over to Numbers chapter 30, verse 2. God's emphasis. If a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to bind himself with a binding obligation... He shall not violate his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. The meaning is, keep your word in every case. If you hand somebody one of those little magic plastic cards that we have, where you you give them a card and they give you free stuff, and then they give you a little piece of paper, 
and you put your name on it, you're taking a vow. You're saying, I promise to pay this. And as a matter of fact, a company even meaner than the one where you just ate the meal, they are going to pay in advance based on your good promise. And if you default on that, it can get ugly. Well, that's the meaning. That's obvious. Keep your word. How did the Pharisees interpret that? Here's their emphasis. If a man takes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to bind himself with a binding obligation, he shall not violate his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. The meaning is, well, it doesn't really count unless you use God's name in the oath. Deuteronomy 32, 21. God's intended emphasis, when you make a vow to the Lord, you shall not delay to pay it, for it would be sin in you, and the Lord your God will surely require it of you. The meaning is, God will hold you accountable for whatever you promise to do. And how did the Pharisees switch the emphasis to switch the meaning? When you take a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it. For it would be sin in you, and the Lord your God will surely require it of you. In other words, the meaning is, well, there's amnesty for breaking promises made under every circumstance unless you specifically make a vow to the Lord. The Pharisees' meaning of oaths in general, you shall not break your oath if, and only if, you swore it to the Lord. Otherwise, you really don't have to keep it. God's meaning on oaths in general, you shall not break your oaths. You shall keep them before the Lord. You understand, God, God sees every promise that you make, no matter what words you phrase it in. And He also sees your heart, the thought behind it, the intentions behind it, the motives that are involved. And in each case, God deals with making promises, and the emphasis is on truthfulness and integrity. What I say is true, and I will stand by what I say. You have to be truthful when you solemnize a promise with an oath, like signing your name, taking a marriage vow, signing a contract, whatever you do. You must, you have to really mean it. You have to be faithful in keeping that oath and carrying out your promise. Now, by the way, God doesn't just tell us to do this. He sets the example. Do you realize that um, God has taken oaths to secure our own spiritual future with Him? Let me just give you a couple of them. Psalm 132, verse 11, it's a reference to the, to the Davidic covenant, God's promise to David. He says, the Lord has sworn to David a truth from which he will not turn back. Of the fruit of your body, I will set upon your throne. In other words, the king of the kingdom of heaven, the, the Messiah, he's going to be a, a physical descendant of David. God swore an oath to that. It happened. Because God promised. Or Hebrews 6, 17 and 18. You that have been in our men's and women's Bible studies through Hebrews, you've already passed through this chapter. Notice this. In the same way God, desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of His purpose. 
interposed with an oath in order that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we may have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. Why do we have such confidence in our hope? Well, look at the highlighted words that I uh, highlight, or we'll look at the words I highlighted in those two verses. God interposed with an oath, and it is impossible for God to lie. That's why we can stand on the promises of God. They're certified, if you will. And just as with the previous illustrations, when he talked about anger, it's the same sin as murder, only a matter of degree. Adultery, it's the same sin as lust, only a matter of degree. Divorce, that is also participating in something that God hates, and only in the most extreme of situations does He allow it. Well, here in the same way, Jesus is teaching, God desires to work in your heart, not only in your obedience, but connecting your obedience with the reality in your heart. It misses misses the point if you concentrate only on outward behavior. He's saying, let God deal with you on the inside. Then you can see true and lasting change in your behavior. God wants you to speak truth, not just with your fingers behind your back, not just when it's convenient, not just shaded your way. He wants truthfulness from within. Psalm 15, verses 1 and 2. I'll give you just a couple of examples here, and there are many. Psalm 15, 1 and 2. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Okay, well, that obviously has a, a historical reference. That would be referring to the tabernacle in the wilderness, and then by extension, the temple. Who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. That's what a true worshiper does. And if you're not willing to deal with the heart, the validity of your worship is highly suspect. Psalm 51 verse 6, also in a very specific context, this is after David had uh, committed adultery and lied about it and covered it up and made it a whole lot worse than it was, and it started out terrible. And then when he was confronted and he finally confessed, this is part of his confession, Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part you will make me know wisdom. Or Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4, very similar to what we read in the earlier psalm. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, and who may stand in His holy place? He who has clean hands, that's symbolic of your actions, and a pure heart, that's symbolic of your motives, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and who has not sworn deceitfully. And just one more, Zechariah 8, 16 and 17. These are the things which you should do. Speak the truth to one another. Judge with truth and judgment for peace in your gates and Let none of you devise evil in your heart against one another. And do not love perjury. That's just failing to live up to an oath. For all all these are what I hate, declares the Lord. Well, I told you it wasn't a real hard passage. Let's move on to 
the general principle. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.